Hey, welcome to Mondo and Friends, presented by Verizon. My name is Mondo Fresco, and I'm here joined by another one of my friends. Yes, sir. Taboo. My brother, how are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on here, Mondo. Man, I'm super geeked, excited to have you, man. Yes, sir. On on this. I know we're going to have a great conversation. Of course. There's lots I, to talk about. You know what's funny is when you hit me up on on uh, on IG and you said, yo, I'm doing this this uh, this friends and family podcast, it's only right to show my love and support to you because you've been doing this for so long, you know, as an Angelino, as a kid from LA, seeing your growth, your career, you know, it's an honor to be able to break bread and have conversation yeah. and just catch up because I know it's been a while since we talked. So this is a perfect example of our friendship. My brother, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I, I want to, I, I want to start off uh, with, with saying, man, that as, as Angelinos, um, it's, it's so inspiring and motivating to see, you know, faces like yourself on big stages. Mm. Um, it's inspiring for everyone here, man. We have, you know, uh, people on, on our team that are from Boyle Heights, where you grew up, you know, that there, there are, are from all over LA, all over the States, man, that, that look like you and to see us again, you know, in these positions, man, you inspire us and you motivate us extremely. Thank you. Um, and, and I'm excited again, man, to have this combo with you. So, uh, let's, let's, I want to take it back. I want to take it back to where, um, you first had that, that itch to start creating, to start being an entertainer, mm -hmm. uh, an artist. When, when did that begin? So it started when uh, I was five years old in my grandmother's li living room and she would be sitting in a chair like this and she would say, from Los Angeles, California, give it up for Jimmy Gomez. <laughs> and I would be performing in her living room. And the smile and the energy and the pride and the, the happiness that that performance, yeah. even though it wasn't like anything choreographed or scripted, it was just my energy yeah. and making my grandmother happy. So that energy that my grandmother gave me in her living room it, it showed me that if I may make her happy, make, maybe I can make hundreds of people happy. Maybe I can make thousands of people happy through dancing, through performance. Yeah. And it just started like, you know, getting more, um, it's the, the love started escalating because my grandmother took me to Olvera Street, uh, Placita Olvera. Yep. And I remember performing on that stage and just feeling like the, the appreciation of the people watching. And it just showed me this level of uh, uh, love. It showed me this higher frequency that I wanted to tap into. Yeah. And, you know, the fire started. So from that point on, I got into b-boying or breakdancing um, or breaking um, at a very young age. You know, I would say maybe like eight or nine. I was like trying to figure out what was going to be my, you know, is it going to be power moves? Was it going to be groundwork? Was it going to be upstairs, downstairs? Like, I just wanted to find out what was my, you know, my jump off and how I was going to present myself as a dancer. Yeah. So it started with that. Um break in and then it went into like practicing three hours a day wow every day trying to practice to eventually getting to over ten thousand hours to be able to master my own style and that led me to be able to go to different uh dances uh environments you know performances so i could battle other people man and i i grew a reputation in rosemead san Gabriel valley as yep. one of the you know one of the the elite dancers so back then we used to battle at the Montebello Mall. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, Montebello yeah. Mall was, you know, a tilt. We used to battle at In N Out Burger in the parking lot. We used to go to West Covina Mall. We used to go to Masonic Temples, the Armory, uh, Ballistics, uh, Unity. So it was like all these different spots yeah. to be able to battle. 
Speaking about ballistics, ballistics was the first time that I met Will I Am in Apple. Wow. We were 17 years old and Will was on stage. He was known as Will One X and he was part of a group, a dance crew called Tribal Nation. And I was part of a group, a crew called Divine Tribal Brothers. So we had that tribal affiliation. Yeah. You know? um, and tr for me, tribal was always connecting to my ancestry. Um, I'm very proud to be Native American on my grandmother's yeah. side, and I'm very proud to be Mexicano. Yeah. So the indígena is always running through our blood, you know, indigenous blood. Um, and I've always held that that pride and, and being proud of like where my grandmother comes from. She's from Jerome, Arizona, and my grandfather is from Sonora, Mexico, and just wanting to learn more and how it can be that beacon of light to other indigenous people and other kids that want to reconnect with their roots. Yeah. So I was always known as the guy, like I had this scarf on my head. If you look at some of my older stuff, I always had like these crazy scarves on, but it was like the warrior, the warrior spirit. Not the Aztec warrior from uh, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Aztec warrior. <laughs> Not that guy. Um, but it was like that warrior mentality of when I would go into battles. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how I would look at it. Like, oh shit, I'm about to rock this. Yeah. Right. And that was the era of hip hop where, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of dance studios. Yeah. So you had to go and just earn your, your stripes and get your rep up. You had, um, uh, spots like B-Boy Summit, you had Radiotron, you had Kibalon, and you had Freestyle Sessions. Big shout out to all the folks that put that on. My boy Crumbs and, and um, Remind from Style Elements. And then big shout out to Cross for doing that, for putting it on for us kids from L.A. so that we can have a place to, to yeah, battle. And to, that, was, that was big. It was. So, um, you know, all those places that I just mentioned led me to mastering my style. How was that first interaction between you, Will, and, and Apple? Um, so when I first saw Apple in the dance in the circle, yeah, I was like, "Yo, this guy, this guy kind of got similar styles than me," because we were like all thrift stored out and like you know we had this like just go in there and battle and and like take everybody out. That yeah. was the mentality. No matter you step in the circle, you're 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 going down. Like, that was the mentality. <laughs> yeah. And then Will had that mentality. You you saw Eight Mile, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we had Eight Mile here in Hollywood at the club Ballistics, and Will was always winning all the battles. He battled Jinx from West Covina. He battled a Buckwheat from you know the Far Side era. He battled uh, Little E. He battled all these MCs that were coming to Ballistics. Yeah. So because of that battle. Uh, Easy E discovered Will and Apple, which there were a crew called Abman Clan, and my other boy Mook was part of that crew, and so they got signed to Ruthless Records at 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. So they had their first record deal, and I was part of that family called Grassroots. So we had dancers, poets, MCs, songwriters, musicians, and that was kind of like our version of the native tongues. Yep. So we we put on for LA. Easy E was was uh you know saying you know once Abband Clan comes out you guys are gonna be good, and I wasn't really part of that journey. I was more like on the sideline watching. Yeah. And then Easy E passes away in '95, and so Will and Apple um, wanted to start a new thing, and so I remember being part of uh, this other group called Pablo, and they kicked me out of the group. <laughs> They're like, yo, you know, it's just not working out. So yeah. I got kicked out. I was bummed out. I remember telling Will, like, yo, Will, they killed, kicked me out of the group. Will was like, don't worry about it, Tab. You got something that they, they don't see in you. Wow. But I see it. And so Will has always been the conduit of belief. Apple the app coming from the Philippines, being a, a Filipino that didn't know a word of English, Will believed in him and, and 
made him part of the crew. Wow. Gave him the strength. Gave him his identity to be able to say like, yo, you're going to rap now. He's like, I don't even speak English. How the fuck am I going to rap? <laughs> so, you know, but Will being that, that yeah. person that he is, he inspired Apple. Wow. And he inspired me to go after my dreams and aspirations. And he saw, he saw the, the abilities in me. Um, and we created uh, the new journey, which we call Black Eyed Peas in 1995. How did the, how did the name Black Eyed Peas come We were about? throwing up names like, yo, what about uh, Blue Unit? Nah, it's kind of whack. What does that mean, Blue Unit? What about, um, what about Arroz Con Pollo? Uh, <laughs> Was that really pollo? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I like Arroz Con Pollo, but uh, it's kind of, it's not. <laughs> it's delicious. It, what, what does it mean? <laughs> so then um, it was like, what about Black Eyed Peas? Black Eyed Peas, okay, Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas is soul food, okay? And we feed the soul with our music. Oh, that's dope. Black Eyed Peas, wow. right? So we became that, that recipe of success. We became the recipe to feed the soul with our music. And Black Eyed Peas was the former uh, production company of Adband Clan, but it was Black Eyed Peas. It wasn't I-E-D. Ah, okay. So we just added the D in there to make it Black Eyed Peas. Wow. Yeah. What What was that first moment for you personally that you felt, wow, like this is really happening. Like we are really moving here. I when think when I first heard um, uh, Gedises on the radio and DJ Vice was spinning it on Power 106. Can, uh, I, can yeah. I say that? Yeah, 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 of course. That's fan. So Power 106, uh, there was this, this crew, big shout out to the Baker boys who were putting it down in LA for many years. Yep. And, you know, this is when they had uh, their show and DJ Vice was just an up and coming DJ. Yeah. And, you know, salute to Vice as well for, for playing Kedises during the Baker Boys show. Um, and I was like, mom, I'm on the radio. Or whoever was around me, I was like, I'm on the radio. That's my song. And I just remember feeling like I made it. Wow. Even though I was still living on my mom's couch, I was still like struggling. My song was on the radio on Power 106. And back then, yeah. that was the creme of all radio stations besides KDAY or KDAY. Okay, you know? yeah. So, um, so that was the first moment I felt like, oh, wow, I made it. Wow, man. Shouts to Vice. 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 Such a good dude, man. Yeah. And uh, a legendary DJ, man, yes, in the game for sure. Um, so you heard yourself on the radio. You said you're still on, on your still mom's couch. On my mom's couch, yeah. yeah. What do you think is, is the biggest misconception of being in, in the entertainment business? That because you're, if you're on the radio or you um, have, uh, well, this is back then because now you have Instagram and you could have a million followers and nobody knows who the fuck you are, <laughs> but you have a million followers. You know, it's like, there's no merit to that. And I get it. Instagram, social media, it's like the more followers you have, the more famous you are. Yeah, yeah. But we were never about fame. Even to this day, we're about success. Show yeah. me the hits. Show me the work ethic. Show me the longevity. Because you could be have a million followers this year, then the next year you, you're gone and forgotten. Yeah. So for us, we made sure that we always stay true to us. To me, Will, I am an apple. No matter how what configuration it was, how many people we had involved in it, we always stay true to us. Um, and the brotherhood kept us shining. You know, if you notice, like throughout our years, we've had different female vocalists, but the main thing that always remains the same is me, Will, and Apple will always be the, 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 the cargo ship of everything. Yeah. Even to this day in 2020, you know, we, we, we had an album we just released called Translation. Fergie wasn't on it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. but it was successful. And a lot of people counted us out. 
That's the reality. They counted us out like, oh, they're done. They're not going to make it. But it's, the songs are great. So if the song is great, then that's the magic. It doesn't matter who's involved or not, you know? So um, that was a moment in our time where we found out, like, if as long as we stick to us and don't allow people to tear you apart with criticisms or critique or rumors or, yeah. you know, they'll try to, like, throw salt at you and, and, and kind of shade you because they don't, they're expecting it to be a certain way and you evolve, as you said. You yeah. guys are always... Evolving. Ever-changing, ever-evolving. Ever-changing, sure. reinventing the wheel and not being complacent with what we did in 2010 or 2009 when we did I Got a Feeling. Like, that was a great time period. But now we have a new mission. We have a new journey. And we're, we're embracing it. And we're very proud to be able to, uh, to embark on this new journey in 2020 going into 2021. When we say Verizon te da más, we mean it. La red más premiada ahora incluye Disney Plus, Hulu e ESPN Plus. Todos pueden tener lo que quieren sin pagar de más. Y todo desde 35 dólares por línea. The network more people rely on te da más. Cámbiate a Verizon. You know, what, one of uh, those moments that was life-changing for me, and I don't think I've shared this with you, um, I was in college, I was about 17, 18 years old, uh, and I was going to school to become a pediatrician. Now, I walk through campus and I hear the speaker outside of the college radio station mm -hmm. and is playing Where is the Love? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, wait what, what's going on over <laughs> there? Now, keep in mind, I was DJing since I was 14 years old. So music was always like a yeah. part of who I was. But I'm like, wait, wait, wait why, is, why is that song playing right now? Um, uh, it was it, it was it was a big song then, and I gave myself uh, uh, a little walk into the radio station because that's what caught my eye. Had had another song been playing, I would I don't think I would have walked in. Yeah. Now I walk in, and I give my tour, my little tour, self tour of this radio station, this college radio station, um, and from there, from that moment, I said I need to take this class next semester i took it from there it, you know it's it's it, it was it was over man like i had to be part of of radio i had to be part of media um you know the the rest is history as they yeah. say um but it was because of 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 where is love man so that song right there changed my life me too it's my favorite song that i've ever written that i've ever been part of because of the effect that it still has to this day. Yeah. To this day, people are still asking, where's the love? We did a campaign called Vote Love because of where's the love? Yep. Because of that frequency, because of the messaging, because we weren't afraid to, uh, to welcome uncomfortable conversation. The fact that Will said, we still have terrorists here living in the big USA, the CIA, the Bloods and the Crips and the KKK. Yeah. Let's, let's do it, man. Let People killing, people dying, children hurt, and, and you hear them crying. Would you practice what you preach? And would you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us. Send some guidance from above. Because people got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Just ain't the same. All ways have changed. New days are strange. Is the world insane? If love and peace is so strong, why are the pieces of love that don't belong? Nations dropping bombs, chemical gases filling 
lungs of little ones with ongoing suffering. As a young soul, ask yourself, is the loving really gone so I can ask myself, really what is going wrong in this world that we living live in? in? People keep on giving in, making wrong decisions, only visions of them. Not respecting each other, you deny thy brother. A war's going on, but the reason's undercover. Truth is kept secret, swept under the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know love. Where's, Where's the love, love y'all? I, I don't, don't know. Where's the truth, y'all? I don't know. Where's the love? Hey, <laughs> yo, yo, that that, that, that was song, a, this. This was just a full circle moment right here, man. Yo, that song changed my life, bro. Man, it took me. It took me off my. Not only did it take me off my mom's couch. But the impact that it has every time we step on that stage to perform that song, like I always get a tear because I think of the love that we put into creating this journey for ourselves and for our families. Right? Yeah. And yeah. always asking that question, where's the love within humanity? Always. Because that's the thing that put us on the map. It wasn't, let's get it started. It wasn't pump it. It wasn't my humps. It wasn't, I got a feeling. It was, where's the love? Yeah. That's when people are like, oh. Yeah, that's them underground dudes, joints and jams. That's Black Eyed Peas. And the fact that we had Justin Timberlake singing that hook, you know, a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. They had no idea that Justin came from NSYNC to sing that hook to then release Justified, his solo record. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. because I, it wasn't, I remember it was, um, it was kind of like people who knew Justin knew that was Justin yeah. Yeah. on the track, but it wasn't like Black Eyed Peas featuring Justin nope. Timberlake. Exactly. Like it, this was this was a Black Eyed Peas song yes, that Justin decided to to, to hop on because yeah. it was such a great song. Yeah, I, I was actually one that reached out to Justin Timberlake. Uh, we met at this club called Joseph's, and I was like, "Yo, Jay, and Hollywood. I got this song. I yeah. got this song that it's like it's kind of like um, uh, Mercy, Mercy Me. It's kind of like What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. Yeah. It's got like a message. And so this is before um, the uh, before uh, email. So this is what two thousand. 2000, 2001. Yeah. So email yeah. was kind of there, but not as, as prevalent as yeah, it is yeah, now yeah, on YouTube and all that other stuff. So there's no DMs. There was no DMs. <laughs> it was just like straight up phone call. Like, yeah. what up, JT? <laughs> and so I remember playing it for him over the phone and uh, he, he called me back and he's like, yo, Tab, I got it. Yeah. I was like, what? And he sang, people killing people. He sang that over the phone. I was like, oh. Let me call Will. So I call Will and I'm like, yo, Will, check this out, dude. I know who's going to sing the hook. He's like, who, Tab? I said, Justin Timberlake. He's like, the Backstreet Boy? <laughs> Tab, Justin Timberlake, the Backstreet Boy? I'm like, no, Will, he's part of NSYNC, not Backstreet. <laughs> he's like, dude, how are we going to have a boy band, dude, sing our song? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Will, trust me, bro. It's amazing, bro. Yeah. Trust me. He's like, all right, Tab, it's on you. If this thing is whack, it's on you. So, I mean, it worked. You know, yep. we brought him into the studio. We created Where's the Love and the rest is history, as you just said. Man, that's such a, such a beautiful song. And it's still so relevant till, till this very day. Uh, yeah. You recently we did. Uh, re we did with you Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. with Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Um, we, you know, we want it every time something happens, whether it's 9-11, the protest, uh, COVID, um, something always calls where's love. Yeah. And we reimagined it in 2016 and we did it featuring the world. It wasn't as effective as this one because we actually used the chords of where's the love. The one we did, uh, 2016 was totally different, different type of beat, even though Justin was singing the hook, it was different. 
This one had more sentiment to it. The fact that we incorporated the images of what's going on with police, police brutality powerful. and the injustices, yeah. it was powerful, you know? So um, it's a song that, it's a blessing and a curse because people always ask for it. I love performing it. I love the fact that it, it's going to stand the test of time for oh, the yeah. rest of our lives. It will always be a go-to song when you want to feel good, when you want to feel uplifted, but also when you want to hear a powerful message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I want to talk about uh, how proud you are of your culture, of your heritage. Mm. And man, when I think about a person that that wears his his culture and his heritage on his back always it's you man yeah thank you brother um i i think that's a beautiful thing uh you know like i said earlier we feel represented because of you mm. um you know i've seen you on stage with the mexican flag on your back you know what why why do you feel that it's so important for you to do that so you know being an la kid you're not you're not American enough and you're not Mexican enough because you're not from Mexico. Yeah. Oh, it is Pocho. <laughs> oh, you don't know how to speak Spanish, right? Oh, it's always Spanglish with you. You know, it's like always this criticism and yeah. critique. And then on my native side, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're an urban native. What do you know about res life? What do you know about, you know, what's the blood quantum? People hit me with the blood quantum shit all the time. And it's weird. It's like, it's dumb. It's, it's something that I've learned how to just like mute. Yeah. Because I can't appease everybody. Right. And if you're living your life to appease everyone, it's not going to work. So I just learned to just embrace my role. I'm a voice. And I don't speak for all of us. I speak as one of us. Mm. And that's the reality of like just really redefining my connection with my roots and understanding that my grandmother was my biggest influence. She loved Jerome, Arizona because that's where she was from. She was proud of being native. She was proud of like you know, everything that embodied the, the arts and music and dance. So that's the direction that I chose. Um, and when I, you know, when I salute my Mexican roots, it's like, I want to be a voice too, but I feel like there's so many voices that have, you know, it's like a line, like how do you, how do you represent to a full extent when people try to chop you down? So I said to myself, like, well, just be proud of your indigenous roots yeah. because we are indigenous. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of people forget about the colonialism of Spaniards coming and colonizing or, you know, the whole thing with uh, 1492 when, you know, Columbus came here. And I had to get all deep, but I just like to kick facts yeah. and treaties not being honored. And the fact that we, <laughs> in a poll census that, that was released yesterday, it was like, you know, whites, black. Latino, Asian, and something else. And Native Americans are evidently something else. Yeah. So now we're known as something else. So it's, it's hilarious because you, as much as I want to, you know, champion and be a advocate for embracing my, both my cultures, mm -hmm. a lot of times mainstream media will try to chop us down. So me being a warrior and taking that mentality of battle and honoring competition, because I'm a competitive person, yeah. I always wear my pride out in the open. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a unapologetic native that yeah. wears it because my grandmother wore it every time. Every time she stepped up, she was pride. She was like, I'm not from LA. I'm from Jerome, Arizona. <laughs> so her pride and her confidence wow. was the thing that was like, oh, maybe I could be confident in myself too. And yeah. learn about both cultures, embrace both, both cultures, but always educate myself. And not be afraid to not know everything about being Mexican and not know everything about being native. Because I don't. 
That's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know everything about it. And I don't claim to be the all-knowing Mexican native guy. Yeah, yeah. Never claim that. But what I do know is I like to humbly educate myself because that's what's important to me. If I could take a little bit of information and knowledge and then apply it back to something that I've learned, it's like, hey, I, I'm, I want to absorb that. I'm a sponge. I yeah. want to educate my kids too because they're mixed. Yeah. They're mixed kids, right? So they're, they're a, a variety of a, a mosaic of culture. They're Filipino on, on their mom's side. I'm native and Mexican. So there's a mosaic cultural blending yeah. of that, you know, and, and I like to teach them about their, their, uh, uh, their backgrounds. And, and, and we went to the Philippines and they got to see their great grandmother and their grandmother and see where, you know, their ancestry came from. So I'm all about cultural representation because representation matters. Representation definitely matters, man. Uh, I think it's it's unfortunate when there are, you know, public figures, you know, talent artists that are of, of you know, of ethnic descent that have a heritage um, and they don't embrace it, you know? Yeah. Like they'd rather be... Um, you know, ethnically ambiguous, mm. right? It's like, are they yeah. Latinx? Are they yeah. this? Are th but you never know because, and then sometimes, um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it'll come to light when it, it benefits, you know, the person. Mm. I think at that point, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, and can, can I tell you just to interject on what yeah. you just said? Cause that was important. The benefit, right? For me, it was the opposite. When I was battling cancer in 2014, um, that was my aha moment, my moment of clarity. Because during my chemo treatment that I was offsetting with, with trying to do holistic, uh, I was doing like, uh, 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 what do you call it? Acupuncture. My, my sister got me Reiki healing. So I was trying to do holistic as well. Man, I battled really hard Man. to beat it, right? So um, I did 12 weeks, five days a week, six hours a day. And during that time period, I, I was having like these weird visions. Maybe it was the morphine, maybe it was the steroid, maybe it was the chemotherapy. And it was my grandmother saying, keep your hands in the soil. Don't forget where you come from. Keep wow. your hands in the soil, Mother Earth, right? That was the, the idea that I kept playing in my head. So when I beat cancer, I went to Standing Rock. And I don't know if you, uh, you guys know about Standing Rock, but Standing Rock was a pivotal moment for all these indigenous and non-indigenous relatives to come and be of service and stand in solidarity with the Standing Rock Sioux tribe uh, to, to kind of go against this horrible imperialistic uh, um, big oil company called Dapple, right? So it was the Dakota Access Pipeline. And when I went to Standing Rock, it all made sense to me because I reconnected with my roots. Man, And I was like, this is where I need to be. This is exactly the person that I was chosen to be. That's the reason why I beat cancer. Yeah, Creator gave me another chance to live, not as a black IP, not as an entertainer, just as Jimmy Gomez, an advocate for culture and a representative and a proud representative trying to leave a legacy and not just a catalog of music. Because that's what's important to me. How long ago was this? In 2000, uh, I went to Standing Rock 2016, around this time period. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It did, did a lot of people know your, your fight? Not a lot of people knew my fight because wow. I kept it kind of like, I wanted to heal first. Wow. I wasn't going to be like, 
I just didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel that I wanted to share that personal journey with people at that time. Yeah. Cause dude, I was like, I was really fucked up, bro. Like yeah. I, I lost my hair, uh, lost my eyebrows was, I mean, I'm skinny, but I was skinnier then. And, and, um, I was pale and yellow and I just wasn't in a very festive mood to be able to talk to people. Um, and I just remember my wife and my kids being, you know, like, cheering me on and yeah. giving me the strength yeah. my, my my mom my sister my family my friends but the reality is is i needed things to kind of take me away from my 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 uh my pain mm -hmm. and the mental aspect of it so i went to standing rock to find healing because it led me there so going to standing rock was part of my healing process and even to this day it's still like i always credit standing rock as my eye-opening experience when we say Verizon te da más, we mean it. La red más premiada ahora incluye Disney Plus, Hulu e ESPN Plus. Todos pueden tener lo que quieren sin pagar de más. Y todo desde 35 dólares por línea. The network more people rely on te da más. Cámbiate a Verizon. Speaking of, of mental health, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you and I had a conversation of how important that is. Um, being physically healthy is just as important um, as it is mentally healthy and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, a conversation that you and I had uh, about the late, great, the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I got a chance to to speak with him on on that. You know, he had his his Mamba mentality. Mm. Um, and obviously that was, was all mental power. Um, and that mentality helped him be as as powerful, as aggressive, as successful as, as he was. Um, you saw that interview I did. Uh, that I had with, with Kobe, man. Um, and you, what, what were you telling me uh, a little bit ago? I, I just felt, uh, I connected with it on, on a couple of several levels. First of all, Kobe was a dear friend, Vanessa, uh, Brian and the girls are dear friends to our family. So, you know, I'm always, anytime Kobe comes up, it's personal to me. Because we shared uh, not just our professional life, we shared our personal life as fathers, as husbands, um, as always wanted to champion the family lifestyle. And that was the thing that he inspired me to do. Um, and so when I watched that video, it brought tears to my eyes because I got emotional. Anytime I think about Kobe and, and what he meant to us as, as, as our family and, and as a friend and, and as a family member, um, I think about how much he shifted culture, yeah. not just in basketball, yeah. but in humanity, but in, 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 in actually embracing the mama mentality. You know what? No matter what it is, no matter what avenue you choose, no matter what work ethic or, or lane you're in, if you apply that philosophy, you don't have to call it mama mentality, but there's something about that idea of holding on to that and having the, the, it's like a, what Michael Jordan said is he, he suffers from the same curse. <laughs> it's a curse. And only winners like MJ and Kobe really have that. You know, LeBron is getting there. I love LeBron too, but there was something about Kobe when he would go into that mode that he was a killer. Yeah. The way Michael Jordan's a killer. So, um, LeBron's more like, I love LeBron cause he's more like magic was, you know, team, team player. And, you take the shot, AD. Kobe's like, nah, I'm taking the shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he made most, most of his shots at yeah. the end, three seconds left. He was the guy. Yep. So there's something really amazing about that idea 
of having three seconds on the clock and not allowing anything to permeate or to uh, distract you from taking that shot. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Kobe because I have that same mentality and I got it while I was battling cancer. Wow. You know what I mean? I went into that mode like this thing is not going to take me out. I'm not going to allow this chemo or this tumor that's in my body to take me out. So I'm going to keep on fighting and I'm going to make that three second shot. Yeah. And I'm going to become a champion. And now I'm a champion of the people. And so that, that, that interview resonated with me because you talked about mental health and how you prepare yourself for mental health. There is no preparation for it. It just, once you are, you know, like tap into that frequency and you know that the mind is such a strong weapon yeah. and if you apply it, then you can overcome anything. And that's something that I learned because dude, my doctor gave me all these reasons why, uh, you know, if I didn't do the chemo that I was going to die and it was spreading at a rapid rate. So all this negative frequency was being channeled to me. And I went on to that, to that mamba mode and I said, fuck all this negative frequency. Why don't I just embrace the positive outlook yeah. and know that I'm a champion and I'm going to beat this. Yeah. With Kobe, I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up, I mean, my since elementary school for me to a full grown adult, you know, uh, I grew up watching Kobe, Kobe Bryant on the court. However, for me, it was, it was Kobe, the person that inspired me. It was Kobe, the person that motivated me. Um, of course his greatness on the court, you know, he's, he's my, he's the goat in my opinion, <laughs> but he's, he's also the goat as a person, yeah. man. Um, you know, everything like you talked about, Family is, is, is very important for me. Um, the way he carried himself with professionalism, yeah. you know, on and off the court, um, just how just well-spoken he was, how motivated. I mean, this, this, this man I mean, was brilliant. Dude, the fact that he learned how to speak Spanish fluently that. from watching telenovelas and Sabado Gigante and being with his, you know, his suegra and, and like that for me is inspirational. Yeah. Kid from, you know, Philly, moved to Italia, yep. learned Italian, came back, you know, and then he, he just embraced culture and always had love for Latinos. Yep. Always. Always supported, gave back. Um, and the reality was is that he, he had mistakes and flaws like all of us do. But the way that he would bounce back taught me that there's a bigger bounce back to overcoming those obstacles. Yeah. You know, the yeah. bigger story is how you bounce back from it. And that's what I loved and appreciated about Kobe Bryant is his bounce back and how he was not, he would tell you how it is and he wouldn't hold back. Like, oh, why are you not smiling? Job finished? Job's not finished. So why, why, why should I be smiling? That was the perfect example of like, I don't take no shit. Like, I'm not trying to appease you, media. Yeah. The job's not finished. Why should I be smiling and acting like it's all good? Like that reality, that honesty, and his, his, just his, uh, the way that he delivered that was impeccable. Yeah. No, man. Uh, I love Kobe. Um, and of course, man, you know, rest in peace to, to Kobe and Gigi yes, and, and the family yep. that was lost uh, on the accident. Um, you know, speaking of, of Latinos, uh, Kobe, you know, his wife being Mexicana, uh, you guys recently, collaborated uh with a lot of latinos mm -hmm. um on your latest project yeah. which by the way i think it's it's amazing 
it's beautiful. And I can only imagine like the challenge that you guys had putting this album together because it was COVID during a pandemic. Yeah. So how did that work out? So first of all, Black Eyed Peas, we were inspired by the Latino community. Since, I mean, me being half Mexican or uh, being Mexican and, and Will I Am being uh, brought up in a Mexican neighborhood yeah. at Estrada Courts. You know, he was born and raised in Estrada Courts in East LA. So we've always had Latino culture as part of our narrative. You know, listening to Fernan, uh, Vicente Fernandez, to Los Tigres del Norte, to Juan Gabriel, to even watching like Burbujas and Sábado Gigante like Kobe did and yeah. watching, you know, um, shows uh, like Lucha Libre and, and really wanting to immerse ourselves and understand Mexico, not Pocholandia, not Chicanos, not Cholos, because we have that all day. So we know that. Yeah. But really understanding the beauty of Mexico and what the ancestry from Mexico was um, and really wanting to implement that idea of modern day storytelling. So with that, that idea, we just went after something that's been immersed in part of our DNA and collaborated with Latino artists that are modern day Latino artists, yeah. you know? Um, you guys had everybody, like I mean, everyone. Dude, we were blessed to have Jay Balvin. We had Maluma. We had Shakira. Um, uh, Piso 21. We had El Alfa. El Alfa, yeah. El Alfa, yeah. We had El Alfa. <laughs> we had, um, you know, uh, uh, Taiga, French Montana, uh, Becky G, Osuna. Yep. You know, so yeah. those names are synonymous with what's happening now. And the fact that they were willing to uh, to collaborate with us, even though we had been gone for eight years, because we went on a hiatus from 2011 until, you know, we released Translation. We released Master of the Sun in 2018, which is like a hip hop record. And then we came with Translation. And, you know, to have Ritmo be a bigger record than I Got a Feeling and Where's Love numerically is an amazing feat. So shout out to J Balvin and Bad Boys 3 for, you know, helping us get to that point. Um, and then this new song we did uh, with Osuna called Mamacita, like it's climbing, you know, yeah. that type of uh, trajectory. Mamacita. Mamacita. Que bonita. Mamacita. Yeah, like that record is amazing. It's probably my favorite record on the album. Um, and then now we have Feel the Beat with Maluma that's going to be number one soon. Man. And it's like, it's crazy because then after that we released the Vida, Es Mi Vida Loca. It's Mi Vida Loca with Nicky Jam yep. and Tyga. So it's all these records that, you know, the architect of reggaeton, Nicky Jam, one of the architects yep. with Tego Calderon and Hector and Tito yep. and Tito La Bambino. And, one of the OGs. And Daddy Yankee, all these cats from Puerto Rico that put it down. And even before that, Panama with El General who oh, put it down, you know. So just learning and wanting to be a student of the music and the style and, and just, uh, just, contributing and we call it a cultural collaboration black ip sound with reggaeton and afrobeat yeah i mean i feel like that's what you, you just said it uh you guys study you guys are are a student of music mm -hmm. and and i think i see that in every single song every single project project yeah. that you guys put out it's not like chasing a genre it's not chasing a sound it's like you guys have learned not just the music, but the culture behind yeah. the music. You just talked about it in and mm -hmm. like, you know, the Afro beats and like, I've, I've, I, you've heard, you've heard that 
as part of Black Eyed Peas yes, music sir. for years. Yes. So talk to me about the pandemic side, man. I mean, yeah. how, how was it? Was it a difficult task to put that together? Fortunately, um, the only artist that we worked in the studio with um, was Piso 21 and Maluma, because after that, everything shut down. So with Balvin, we sent him, you know, back and forth with email and then Osuna, the same thing. I mean, uh, excuse me, Osuna and um, and Shakira was already made in 2008, but it, we didn't have our lyrics yet. We just had the hook. Mm. So, you know, like Will I Am likes to do, he went into the to the laboratory and reconfigured something, added a new beat along with Johnny Goldstein, who co-produced the album. Big shout out to Johnny Goldstein and Will for this amazing project. And Will just stayed in the laboratory the whole time that we were quarantined. So wow. we were in our houses and Will stayed in the studio working, finishing the album, fine tuning things. And fortunately we had recorded our vocals um, in separate rooms during the pandemic so that we, we were socially distanced and wow. we, were, we were safe and mindful. How did that work out, Tab? Like, are you guys, you guys having Zoom meetings? Are you guys on calls, on FaceTime? Like Man, we should have invested in Zoom, ladies and gentlemen, because Zoom is killing it, bro. Think of how many meetings and calls Zoom has been part of this, this whole yeah. journey yeah. Th since the pandemic. So yes, we have done Zoom. We've done, um, we had this thing called house party one time. Remember yeah, you've yeah. seen that before? We did that with Osuna um, and some of the other uh, meeting chat rooms or whatever. Uh, but Zoom is definitely the, the constant one and, and frequent one we use. This last uh, couple, uh, three weeks, four weeks, we were in the UK recording the new Black Eyed Peas record. So it's just me, Will, and Apple, Dope. security guard, and chefs, and that was it. Wow. Yeah. What's, what's your role? I'm assuming now this is again, I don't know how it is, but I'm assuming you guys have your roles. Like Will has his role, Apple has his role and you have your role, uh, in, in the creating process or, or does it all like, you know, mix and match in every session? Like how, do, how, how does, how does that work out for so you guys? So the Will goes into beat mode first. Beats, 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 beats. Oh, we got to, you know, and then he'll go into melody mode. And then we go into writing mode, all three of us together. So at first it's like, um, um, you know, um, oh yeah, I like that. Okay. What's wrong with the world, mama? Yeah. What's wrong with the world, mama? Wow. People living, people living like they ain't got no mamas. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. That's dope. That's dope. Let's say that, right? Yeah. So that's how the, the line comes. Wow. So, you know, we just, first it's just a mumble. We call it mumbles. And it's the melody and a tone. And then we'll start, nah, I don't like that word. Why, why are you saying, what's wrong with the world, papa? Papa? Nah, mama, mama's better. Why? Why is mama? Because, you know, Mother Earth, mom. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that type of exchange of wow. like trying to outdo the, the lines. And if you don't, if, it do, if you can't outdo it, then we just stay with that. Yeah. But that's the, the, the love and respect that me, Will, and Apple have for each other as creatives. Yeah. It's like nobody, nobody has reins to, uh, to, to feel ousted. Um, uh, is that the word? Outsted? Yeah. Ousted? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's the word. Ousted? Ousted, yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. Nobody feels ousted. Nobody feels like, um, you know, like it's personal. Mm -hmm. It's creative. And we, we try to like um, do this as, as, a, as a trio. 
And that's always been our thing. That's the key to our, to our success is we always work as a trio. Yeah. You know, on, on the, when you guys, I'm assuming you guys collaborate on, on writing your own, you know, verses because yeah. as you listen to Black Eyed Peas tracks, it, it sounds like if you guys just switch verses, it would, st- it, would it would still be dope. Yeah. Like, it, I, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it all, like Will's verse can be yeah. rapped by you. Your verse yeah. can be rapped by Will's. And it's, it's just like the same, same vibe. We, we just became students of our own craft and our own frequencies. We know each other so well that we just are like one. We're Voltron, dude. Yeah. We are different lions, but when we come together, it's like what, what Raekwon said. Wu-Tang is like Voltron. Like that, We have that same thing. It's like, yes, we are different nationalities and we have different backgrounds, but when we get on that stage or when we get in that studio, we're one. And that's the beauty. It's like we know our strengths and our weaknesses. Yeah. I want to talk about the brotherhood that you guys have because, you know, just working for, for so long together, man, I'm sure there's been, you know... Um, you know, arguments and not really. No, no, I, I can't. I can count how many times we've been in a semi argument. Wow. I'm a good communicator. That's good. I, I have to uh, ch- uh, champion my wife because being in a marriage, having children. Yeah. Being in a relationship, there has to be great communication. Wow. So I've learned how to communicate, how to really tap into being empathetic about the psyche of others. Uh, learning how to listen, not trying to speak over people. Yeah. And knowing that when you're speaking out of passion, a lot of times it's not anger. It's not directed towards you. It's directed to that conversation at that moment. Mm. So I learned how to peel away the layers of, you know, getting defensive or getting offended. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just like, I could communicate and you could be on level 10 and I could just be like, okay, cool. All right, let's find where that, that source of energy is coming from because you're at a level 20 yeah, and we have to find a medium ground in yeah. order for us to really resolve and find a solution to what we need to move on. This is a lot about, again, like the brotherhood and family that you guys are because um, in order to be as successful as you guys have been uh, as a team, as a group, you have to, you know, like, connect and have yeah. that communication. I mean, it's like, you know, going back to Kobe, Kobe and Shaq were great together, but you know, I'm sure they had their differences and that didn't last yeah. as long. It had, they had, they lasted longer together, more championships. I'm of sure. course. So the, the secret to, to that is, is communication. Of course, man, because you can, you can have moments where you have bad games and you're feeling like you want to point fingers at each other. But at the end of the game, when you're in that locker room and you're able to say like, dude, my bad, yeah, you know, I missed that shot, or dude, I I should have ran faster to get that ball when you passed it to me. But you know, hey, maybe maybe next time, just you trust me, dude. If you pass me the ball, I got your back. And if I can't take that shot, I'll pass it right back to you. But that communication, that banter, that ping pong of going back and forth as human beings and yeah. taking away, stripping away ego, then you're able to be a better communicator. And that's yeah. that's what's been the magic of Black IPs. Is like I know Will's. Will's the genius. I get that. I know Appity App is the amazing writer slash his story is amazing coming from the Philippines and being this amazing superstar around the world. But I always see them as my brothers and I'll never like, I'll never uh, hold back when I need to be honest 
And sometimes honesty is uncomfortable to talk about yeah. in, in conversations. Or if you're honest, sometimes you don't know how to handle that. Yeah. Your honesty sometimes makes people uncomfortable. But I like that. I welcome that. Yeah. I don't have anything to hide. I actually rather, before you tell me what's wrong with me, let me tell you what's wrong with me so that we get everything out on the open. Because I, I'm an open book. And I've always been like that. You know, I enjoy talking about my cancer advocacy. I enjoy talking about my journey because my testimony can help others. Yeah. And if I could have help one person and motivate one person, then I'm doing my job. And that inspires me. That's success to me. And the road to success is always under construction. We're the architects and the builders of that path. When we say Verizon te da más, we mean it. La red más premiada ahora incluye Disney Plus, Hulu e ESPN Plus. Todos pueden tener lo que quieren sin pagar de más. Y todo desde $35 por línea. The network more people rely on te da más. Cámbiate a Verizon. You have been creating, you have been the architect mm. to a new project. Yes. With Marvel. Bro. And we've been talking about representation. We've been talking about, you know, having our faces on the big screen yeah. um, with brands like, like Marvel that are massive, man. Talk to me about this. Well, first of all, dude, let me, let me just uh, give you a, a short uh, story on how I connected with Marvel. So Marvel, um, it all started at Comic-Con. I'm a big toy collector. I'm a big nerd when it comes to pop culture and sneakers and you know, anything that deals with the 80s, 70s, uh, toys, collectibles, I'm that guy. Yeah. So um, toy collecting led me to Comic-Con, which led me to meet all these amazing people from, you know, Hasbro, Mattel, and, and Marvel. So there was this cosplayer named Jason Bergman who introduced me to one of the Marvel uh, um, editors named Daniel Fink, yep. who introduced me to a guy named Jason Latore. Jason Latore was kind of like uh, my Yoda at Marvel. Always like, yo, dude, your time will come. We got to find the right thing for you. So I'd always champion this guy named Red Wolf, which is the Native American hero for Marvel. Yeah. And I would always say, yeah, I want to do something with Red Wolf. So I remember uh, in 2000, I want to say 2015, Will I Am showed me this project that he had been working on with my, with my boy, uh, B. Earl, uh, who actually wrote that with me. Um, and it was called Master of the Sun. I was going to bring you one of those books. So next time I'll bring you the, the other book, Master of the Sun. So he showed it to me and he's like, yo, Tab, I got this book that I want to put out. And I had been holding on to the, the partnership with Marvel. And I said, why don't we take it to Marvel? Once again, he, Justin Timberlake, me, he like, Marvel, Tab, Marvel will never sign this. So I'm like, Will, trust me, dude, I could connect Marvel. He's like, Marvel? Dude, Marvel will not do this comic. So I said, Will, please trust me. Let me just connect the dots. So I, I hooked uh, an email up with Marvel and Sarah Raymaker, who's part of our team. Next thing you know, we had a deal with Marvel from Masters of the Sun, which is a Black Eyed Peas property. But Will I Am was actually the per person that, that funded it, right? So we did this run at, at a Comic Con, New York, LA, uh, San Diego. And I met B. Earl, who's the writer. Yeah. Um, well, co-writer, because we built a, a partnership. And I told him, yo, I want to do Native American storytelling and Mexican storytelling. Of the, you know, I want to create heroes. Yeah. So here I am, this kid in a candy store, always just freestyling all these ideas. And Benny's like, Ben, he's like, oh, that's dope. That's dope. So we started ping-ponging, having ping-pong sessions. 
And we had an opportunity to do this thing called Marvel 1000, which is our first installment. And the way that happened is I went to New York to do this uh, show for this, um, this amazing guy from Marvel named Joey Casada. And I kept telling Joey Q, I'm like, Joey, I want to do something with Red Wolf. So he's like, man, it's going to happen. If you believe in it, it's going to happen. So the same guy, Jason Latore, took me to the Marvel showroom. And I met CB and, and Tom, who are the top dogs at, at Marvel. And I said, yo, how does Charlemagne the God get to write a, a comic? Because I'm a big Charlemagne the God fan too. And so he's like, yo, he did a one-off. I said, well, how do I get to do a one-off? Yeah. He's like, oh, well, we have this thing called Marvel 1000. Pick a muse. I said, I want to do a Native American hero. I want to do Red Wolf. So I called Benny. We did Red Wolf. And uh, that was the first installment. Then fast forward, Jake Thomas, who's our editor, calls me and he's like, yo, I got this idea to, to revamp Werewolf by Night, which is the comic we have here. Yeah. And it was from the 70s. And the, the character uh, Jack Russell, which is the original Werewolf, Jack Russoff, um, we wanted to revamp it and give it a native twist. And so they gave us a clean slate to do what we wanted to do. And so I started implementing more of my personal story. So Jake Gomez is really me, Jimmy Gomez, yeah. right? And it looks he, like you too, the right? character. <laughs> he, uh, when I used to have long hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he is half native, half Mexican, and he connects with his, in the book, you'll see him with his grandmother. The grandma's sitting in the chair in Arizona. So there's that, that parallel world of kind of giving a little bit of my backstory too. Um, and then J JJ, uh, who's a character with Red Wolf, who we put in the, in the book too. Yeah. That's my daughter, Jet Juliana. Sure. Wow. JJ is, is the initials. So we implemented a lot of backstory that had personal touch to it. Um, and now we have an opportunity to continue writing. We have this other thing called Indigenous Voices. Big shout out to Jeffrey Varegi, who's the writer of this, this uh, book that comes out this month, yeah. celebrating and honoring Native American Heritage Month. So that being said, my mission, ladies and gentlemen, my mission is to be the voice and a conduit to be able to bring a Native American Mexican hero to the big screen. That's my goal. That's my goal, my destiny. As a Marvel writer, I will bring the first Native Mexican to the big screen. I'm championing it. I'm putting it out in the universe. Things are attainable. Uh, my grandmother always said, believe you can achieve. And I believe, bro. I believe it. I believe I can do this. Because I, I, all I want to do is just help Indian country. I want to be a great relative to indigenous people and just say, look what we can do. Look yeah. how we can have representation. Once again, representation matters. I mean, how huge was Black Panther? Amazing. Amazing. It inspired me. Like uh, a thousand percent. So to have a, a Black Panther, you know, for our gente would be powerful. Yeah. And, and if anyone can do it, it's you, Tab. I, I, I welcome the three-second shot. I welcome it. I want to take it. And if I, if, I don't know how, if I don't know how to take that shot or I can't take that shot because I'm double teamed, I can pass the ball to somebody who can take that shot. But I'm going to be part of that championship team, yeah. you best believe, because I believe that you know, the more I keep chipping away at the conversation and bringing uh, our, our people to, to, the, to the round table and the discussion and having that representation be part of the discussion, then that's half the battle.
Yeah. It's like, I want my foot in the door, but also want my boy's foot in the door. I want you in the door. I want to bring all the gente, all the relatives, indigenous people, so that we have heroes that look just like us on the big screen. That's it. And it will happen. It's going to happen, bro. It started with that book. That book was the first thing. Like, they could have went elsewhere. Why did they pick me? And it looks great, man. The story is, 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 a, is a beautiful story. Uh, you know, I think it's... It's going to be very well uh, received um, by not just, you know, um, natives, you know, Native American oh, culture, not that, just Latino culture. That was another thing I focus on is how do I make it inclusive? Because I'm all about cultural representation. It doesn't have to be my own culture. Yeah. It could be Filipino. It could be Asian. It could be white, it could be, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jewish, uh, it could be Armenian. I, I embrace everybody. Yeah. And I want representation that is not your standard look. You know? And you see that in everything that you do, which is a beautiful thing, yeah. man. Um, we're going to get into this, uh, this part, which is my, one of my favorite parts of, of Mondo and Friends, Rapid Fire. Okay, cool. With Taboo. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you 10 questions. You can answer them as quickly, as fast as, as you want. Um, if you want to explain your answer, yeah. feel free to do so cool. as well. So you ready to, to, to do Let's this? Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Favorite Spanish word? Indígena. I'm happiest when I'm blank. With my wife and kids. Green or red salsa? Salsa verde. What new technology will transform the future? Such a will I am question, but I'm <laughs> going to answer it in my nerdy uh, Marvel comic book hero uh, way. I would say something like an Iron Man suit or something where it's like you, you know, a robot, artificial intelligence, where you're actually able to get into a suit and, you know, you can, I don't know, fly, transport, uh, you know, use your powers it, it, it's nerdy, it's, it's funny, but right now I'm in that comic book mindset. Favorite Latinx food dish? Mm. Well, last night I had pozole, pozole verde. Bomb. Yeah, amazing. Chicken. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. What's one of your nicknames that no one really knows about? Um... I would say um, Coco. Coco. Coco, because uh, when I was when I was born, I was white as a coconut. That's what, yeah. That's Coco. what my dad used to call me, Coco. That's awesome, man. Something you're horrible at. Uh, something I'm horrible at. Um, I'm not good at like handiwork. I'm not <laughs> a handyman. Same. Bro. I suck at freaking putting shit up. I always mess things up. Like, I'm just not handyman style. Yeah. You know, I'm still a man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't define yeah, it us. It doesn't take away from my manhood. I'm still the Aztec warrior. <laughs> and I have my, my, my brother Fred behind the camera over there. He, he knows all about that, man. Yeah. I'm always like, bro, I don't, I'm not a handyman. He's like our, 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 our in-house handyman. Yeah. If something needs Dude. to get done, I got I to gotta hit up Fred. I'm like, I'm glad I make 
good money to be able to call handyman left and right because <laughs> i'll be jacked up if i like my handyman just built a, a tree house for for our family for my my, my kids and my wife's like yeah you see you could have built the tree house i was like the <laughs> <laughs> uh, best song to play at at a kickback party Ooh, at a kickback um you got you got the the grill going yeah um i would probably say uh, mm, people just hanging out yeah i would say I would say summertime. I really like that song. Summertime. Summertime. It always reminds me of a backyard party. Summer, summer, summertime. That's Here a great it song. is, the groove, chat, transform, just a little bit of the norm. That was probably the illest verse that, that Will Smith gave. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I like a brand new funk. That was a dope verse, dope song, but that song is, anytime you put it on, the beat is fresh. The intro's dope. The intro's fresh. You know, it's just, it just gives you that, that feeling. Summertime vibes. Best rapper of all time. Ooh. Oh, man. Dude. All right. So there's been this, this, this banter back and forth. Okay. I love Nas. And I love Rakim. All right? Because I know that that's the world. Coogee rap. I know that's the world that they, they all represent. But Black Thought is kind of killing the game. Bro. Oh, Black Thought. He doesn't dope. get this, the, the, I mean, this dude is lyrical. He's got styles. He's got the tone. I mean, he's a, he's an assassin. That 10 minute freestyle he did on, on the radio. Oh like, yeah. Come on, bro. Like that guy is an assassin. There's like a couple of assassins, like Buster Rhymes is another assassin. Um, big shout out to Buster for his new album. Amazing, by the way. Um, but, you know, I'm biased too. And I would say my favorite rapper of all time, Five Dog, rest in peace. Five. Because I, I, I shared a connection with him beyond hip hop. He was suffering from a disease. Yeah. I was going through my battle with cancer and I bonded as a brother with him. As overcoming and trying to like have healing and, and hip hop was our foundation. Yeah. So my favorite rapper of all time is Five Dog. Of, of a tribe called Quest. Tribe called Quest, yes. Man. My, that's my favorite group. Tribe called Quest and De La Soul. Big shout out to, to Mace, Tragoy, and Pasta Noose. And big shout out to Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. I'm going to throw this one at you too. Best singer of all time. Sanger? Yeah. Best Sanger, right? Sanger. Yo. Um, uh, all right. My favorite singer of all time is Sade. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I was wearing a, a Sade t-shirt yesterday. Sade is she's, impeccable, bro. Yep. She doesn't have like crazy range. She's not like Aretha Franklin, amazing. She'll belt it out like gospel. But there's something about Sade's voice that I'm just like, wow. It, it's, it's how she makes you feel. Yeah. And then male? Male? Male singer? Can I do female yeah, male? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my all-time favorite is Prince. Prince. Yeah. That's a, that's a good two to, 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 to pick. Yeah. Last one. 
favorite moment on stage ever? Wow. Favorite moment on stage was after I beat cancer, my first time being back on stage because I knew that one day um, after I overcame that battle that I'll be back on stage doing what I love to do and performing for everyone um, because that kept me fighting on. Wow. That was the thing that kept me, my wife and my kids automatic. But knowing that I could be back on the stage with Will and Apple and knowing that I could be providing that, that, that good vibes and the, the, the energy for people, even though I had just suffered this crazy disease, yeah. I was like, you're not going to take me out. So I'm going to show my love and appreciation for the fan base and for all, all these people that came to watch us. And it was just like, I had a second chance at life. I took a breath. I looked around and I was like, this is what life is to me. I'm alive again. And I'm doing this for you guys. And that was it. Did you get emotional? Or I got emotional because I remember Will talking about, you know, this is our warrior. This is our champion. He just beat cancer. And it just like all hit me at one yeah. time. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And I just went <laughs> back and I'm like, okay, I'm crying. <laughs> but I just, you know, it was yeah. so overwhelming yeah, that yeah. I'm like, okay, just let it go. It happens. It happened. And it happened during Where's the Love too. Wow. Yeah, where's the love? Because, you know, you hear the chords and you're just like, and then the people have the, 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 the phones in the air and they're singing the song. It's just, it's just very emotional and overwhelming. I've, uh, I sometimes cry to, to, to chords in music. Like it could be, the lyrics can say something about, you know, perriat or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it can have nothing to do with it. But if it's like, it has like a sad, like a sad melody yeah. or sad chords. Bro, I cried a Toy Story, bro. Like, <laughs> because of my kids, like when yeah. they were like in, holding hands and they were going to go into the fire and Toy Story 4, like I was bawling. <laughs> Remember that scene? Yeah, yeah. They were like, all right, Woody and Buzz and everybody's holding hands. They're like, all right, this is it. I'm like, oh shit, the toys are going to die. You know, it's just like, it's just that thing that my kids, they, my kids give me that sentimental like vibe. And my kids are looking at me like, dad, it's, it's a cartoon. It's not that serious. Get it together, dad. Get it together, dad. Like, why are you crying? I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm connected to it because it always reminds me of my childhood and how much I love toys and how much I love cartoons and animation. And that's why to this day, I'm a creator of that. Yeah. So that's my act two. As Kobe had an act two after basketball. I look at this journey that I'm on now as a writer, as a content creator, uh, as a, a animator and a comic book writer, um, and eventually a, a director or a producer of a movie, um, which I will be doing. Um, it's all stems from my love and appreciation for toys and cartoons and my childhood and my kids. Yeah. My kids keep me fighting, bro. Well, Tab, I want to... I want to thank you, man, for, thank for you. coming by. And I want to thank you from, from the heart to because you shared all these amazing stories with us, man, and, and stories that are very close to you as well, brother. I, I know that this is just the beginning for you, which is yeah. crazy to say of everything that you've already done. Mm. Um, keep representing us. I with, got more fight in me. With, with, oh, I see it. I got and more I know fight it. in me, bro. Yeah. I look forward to, yeah. to, that, to that movie, too. I got a question for you. Yeah, man, hit me. Magic Johnson and Kareem, Kobe Bryant and Shaq, or LeBron and AD? 
who's a better duo? Oh man, come on, Kobe and Shaq okay. all day, all day. I gotta go with Kobe and Shaq. I, I think I think Kobe and Shaq um, were the hungriest. I think Kobe, you know, there's there's no stopping Kobe, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I feel like the hunger, the fight in 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 Kobe would would be any other of the of those duos. Can I, can I tell you what the difference is? Yeah. The difference is the monster, ego. AD and LeBron don't have the ego. They're just like, yo, I champion you, you champion me. Magic and Kareem, there's no ego. It's like, yo, I'm going out. I'm the captain. I'm the big dog. But you're the future of this, Magic. Irvin, take the ball. You go. Kobe and Shaq, although they were a great duel, Shaq was like, I'm the big dog. If, 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 if I'm not the big dog, I'm going to take my 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 game to Miami South Beach. I'm going to play over here with Dwayne Wade. Like that was the vibe. Yeah. And that's what was the detrimental. And that's what we talked about. Yeah. Ego, communication. And, and if Kobe and Shaq could have worked out their differences, bro, Oof. we could have had crazy dynasty. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Tap again, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate so much. Adapt through the plexiglass yes, here. Taboo. I go by Mondo Fresco, and thank you so much for watching Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon. Yo, follow me on Instagram at Taboo, T-A-B-O-O, at Tab B-E-P on Twitter. And, um, you know, look out for the new comic, Werewolf by Night, right here at Marvel. The new one drops on the 21st or 22nd, which is going to be part two. And uh, this this is just the first installment to an amazing journey to my act two. Peace.